Good morning and welcome to worship at Brentwood Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us. Now you're looking up here going, hey, does Mike have on a tie? Yes, Mike does. Mike is wearing a tie today. Why? It's my birthday. This Sunday is my birthday, so in celebration of my own birthday, well, I'm just taking it to a new level. Hey, speaking of birthdays, we want to celebrate the birthday of Creeley Wilson. Uh, Creeley and Bill were the founding pastor of this church. Uh, A little group of believers was meeting in the basement of the children's home, went to North Carolina, found a pastor, and Bill and Creeley came and were part of the beginning of what we call Brentwood Baptist Church. Creeley's heart has always been in missions, and all of the mission work, all of the DNA that we have about missions, it was Creeley who put it there. She is still passionate about it. We miss her, but she is still uh, part of our congregation. It's just with COVID, she can't come as much, and we regret that. We miss that, but we did want to miss this, this moment to wish Creeley Wilson a happy, happy birthday. We love you, Creeley. You continue to be an important part of this congregation, and happy 29th birthday again. Well, if you want to know how old she is, you call her. I didn't live this long by being stupid. So happy birthday, Creeley. We wish you many, many more and hope this year is a great one for you. There was a sign on the back of the repair shop. The sign said this, the difficult we do today, the impossible will take a little longer. Now, if there was a universal sign for 2020, that would be it. All of us should have big t-shirts now that says the difficult we're doing today, the impossible will take a little longer. Uh, We're working from home. We have our children home from school. They're trying to use the same computer that we're trying to use. They are soaking up all of the bandwidth of the Wi-Fi. Everybody is home all the time. The difficult we do today, the impossible will take a little longer. Some of us are the caregivers for our aging parents. And because of COVID, we can't even see them. We can't visit them. We don't know how well they're doing because the best we can do is press our hand up against a window. The difficult we do today, the impossible will take a little longer. Your boss says to increase sales that you've got to get your numbers this year. How are you going to increase sales when you can't even visit your customer? You can't drive, you can't travel, and you can barely talk because you're having to wear a mask all the time. The difficult we do today, the impossible, takes a little longer. And now they're saying we're going to have Thanksgiving with no Thanksgiving and Christmas with no Christmas. Dear God, will this ever end? Dear God, will you ever let up? And the answer is no. Why? (laughs) Well, the hard truth is impossible is where God starts. Impossible is where God starts. That's what Paul tells us in the letter to the Thessalonians, the, the church there in Thessalonica. It's the second letter, and here's what he writes. But we ought to thank God always for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because from the beginning, God has chosen you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and through belief in the truth. 
He called you through our gospel so that you might obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold on to the traditions that you were taught, whether I told them to you or whether it was what we wrote. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who has proved, his, who has loved us and given us this internal encouragement and good hope by grace, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good work and word. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who has loved us and given us eternal encouragement Good hope by grace. Encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good work and word. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together. You never told us, O oh Lord, that the road would be easy. You never said that the fight wouldn't be tough. You did promise us that you would be with us. And may that good news, the good news of your son coming to us, give us strength and courage and hope for the fighting of this battle, for the living of this time. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Today we continue our, ser our series on the church. We are the church. In the first sermon we talked about how we're called to be a holy nation, a royal priesthood, and how we're living stones pulled from the pile of rocks that our life is shaped and formed and then joined to each other and to the cornerstone that is Jesus Christ, forming this holy sanctuary, this place of rescue and peace in the middle of our world. The second we talked about how we know that we are followers of Christ because we love each other and how important it is for us to be able to love the brothers and sisters, to love Christ, to love ourselves in Christ, and to love each other in Christ. Now today, we're going to talk about the third part of that, the, the importance of being faithful to the ministry that you're called to do, to the mission that you are invited to join God on. Now, remember, it's everybody in a group and everybody on mission. Now, let's begin with a fairly obvious statement. Anything that God asks you to do is going to be impossible. Anything that God calls you to do your first response, my first response is, I can't do that. It's too big, it's too hard, it, it, it's too deep, it's too, it's too dark, whatever. It's too much of something, I don't have what it takes. If your first response isn't, I can't do it, then the calling probably isn't from God. Impossible is where God starts. Now we know this. Uh, it happens all the time in scripture. Uh, Mary. Mary is told by Gabriel that she's going to be the mother of the son of God. How can this be, she wonders. And Gabriel says to her, with human beings, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. 
The rich young ruler walks away from Jesus, unable to sell all that he has and come and follow Jesus. The disciples murmur among themselves, who can be saved? Because this guy had it all. He was a faithful religious man. He was a good guy. He was obviously blessed, and yet he couldn't find a way to follow Christ. Who can be saved? Jesus' answer. With men, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Do you remember the guy who brought his son to the disciples uh, who would have these kind of fits that the demons would grab him and throw him in the fire and all of that, and the disciples couldn't do anything about it? Uh, They couldn't heal him? And when Jesus finally came down from the mountain of transfiguration and, and they told Jesus what was going on, Jesus looks at the man and says, all things are possible to those who believe. All things are possible to those that believe. Now, you see, it's that word, it's that every word that Paul uses in this letter to the Thessalonians. It's that word that bothers me. You would expect Paul to say, God will give you strength for every gift of the Spirit, for your, for your gifts, that in those moments that he's created you for, gifted you for, you will have the strength, courage, and hope that you need. That's not what he says. This is kind of surprising because it is Paul in Romans that introduces this, and in 1 Corinthians, that introduces this whole thing of gifts. But he doesn't say that. He says you will have the courage and the strength you need for every good work and word. You'd expect it to say most things. You'd expect it to say some things. After all, everybody can't be good at everything. Well, you know, that's interesting that we would doubt this. It's interesting that we would kind of rethink it because all of us love Philippians 4.13, right? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's the same thing. It's the same word. All things, every work, all things, same word. So it's funny, we quote Philippians 4.13, but when it comes now to every work and word, well, now we aren't so sure. So in our thinking, well, has it happened before? Well, let's see. Let me ask you a question. When Moses was confronted by the burning bush, did Moses have everything he needed to lead the people out of Egypt into the promised land? Short answer, no. Moses barely had the faith to believe God was going to do anything at all. But let's look at Moses' life. Moses becomes the premier prophet of the Old Testament. There was nobody like Moses. Moses becomes known as a friend of God. No one was as faithful to God and as intimate with God as Moses. Moses is the great lawgiver. He gives us the Ten Commandments. All of our laws to this day are based on the Ten Commandments that Moses brought down from the mountain of God. He led the people in battle and led them across the desert. What kind of leader is this who is a 
warrior, lawgiver, ruler, politician, prophet, intimate with God, friend of God. Who is that? That's Moses. Moses had everything he needed, every work, every good word. The apostle Paul. Now it doesn't surprise us that Paul was a gifted theologian. After all, he tells us that he studied with one of the premier rabbis of his day, that he knew scripture and was trained in scripture doesn't surprise us. What surprises us is how well he took that scripture and interpreted it into the life of Jesus Christ. Over and over in his letters, you say this was done to fulfill what was written, and he will quote a significant passage in the Old Testament. He becomes the chief evangelist of the early church. He becomes the chief church planter. He becomes the chief mission strategist. He becomes the chief apologist of the church. He becomes the major trainer of leaders of the church. Look at all that Paul did. He had everything he needed for every good work. Every good word. So let's look at this passage a little bit and see what Paul tells us. He tells us that God begins with the impossible. He begins by putting us in a place where we are overwhelmed by the challenge and opportunity in front of us. Then he reminds us in 1 Corinthians, he reminds us, listen, not many of you were smart, not many of you were wise, not many of you were rich or powerful. But God has chosen the weak. God has chosen the foolish. God has chosen even the things that are not. So that you will see that this is a work of God. Remember the story of Gideon? Gideon has thousands of soldiers, thousands, ready to go to battle. Gideon Hears from the Lord, tell those who are scared to go home. God says, tell the ones who are scared to go home. So Gideon says, listen, guys, if any of you are scared, you can go home. And thousands leave. Thousands. <laughs> now, my question is, who was the first guy to say he was scared? You got all these thousands of men ready for battle and, and Gideon says, if you're scared, go home. Who's the first guy who says, okay, I'm scared, I'm gonna go home. Because after that, it would have been easier. See, everybody else would have said, well, I'm gonna make sure he gets home safe since he's scared. Then God tells Gideon, you still have too many men. You will take credit for this victory. I want you to know that this is a God victory, not yours. This victory is mine. And he left Gideon with 300 soldiers and God grants Gideon an amazing victory that we still talk about all of these years later. He puts you in a place, he calls you, sets you up and now he brings courage and hope. How? By bringing you a bunch of stuff? No. The answer to our prayer is always presence. Jesus shows up himself. It's not, are you going to send me what I need? Are you going to send me food? Are you going to send me armies? Are you going to send me tanks? 
No, our prayer is always, Jesus, will you come be with us? And he shows up himself. It is when Jesus shows up that we are encouraged. Uh, that word is similar to the word that is used for the Holy Spirit. The, the word for the Holy Spirit is paraclete. It's the same kind of word for encourage. It's the one who walks alongside of us to encourage us. It's the truth that you always work out harder if you have a workout buddy. If you're, if you're lifting weights, you have to have somebody there who will tell you, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing, you can do it. If you're running, you have to have somebody with you who will say, okay, I know you're tired, but let's run to the telephone pole. Okay, let's run to the stop sign. You always do more if somebody is with you. If you have a workout, but it's that same thing. You're always more faithful. You're always a little more determined. You're always a little stronger if somebody is there with you. And the good news of the gospel is that person who is with us is Jesus himself. I don't know if I can do this. And then Jesus says, I'm here. Now we know we can. In the 18th chapter of Acts, Paul is undergoing another trial, another tough time. He's struggling in his ministry and he has a dream. And the dream, do not be afraid, Jesus tells him, I am with you. The Great Commission, I am with you even to the end of the earth. The great news of Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us. Courage, courage isn't that I'm not afraid. Courage is I'm gonna engage anyway. Courage is the willingness to engage in the mission, to start whatever it is that God is calling us to do. As big as it is, as impossible as it is, I'm going to trust Jesus because Jesus is here with me. I'm going to start. I'm going to have courage. Not only am I going to have courage, I'm going to have hope. Now, for most of us, hope is another word for wish. I hope it doesn't rain. I hope my team wins. Wish. Okay? Hope is not wishing. Hope is the confidence that things are going to work out the way Jesus says they will, okay? Remember, God isn't uh, hindered by time space. He doesn't wear a watch, doesn't carry a calendar. It's always now for him, which means he's in our present. He is in our past. Why is that important? He can heal those moments where our life was wounded, where we think our life was ruined so they don't continue to bleed into the present. He is in our future. It is already now for God in the future. It's already finished. So when we engage in this mission, when we engage in this calling, (laughs) we are confident. Why? Because God is already there. That is our hope. It's already finished. It's done. Complete. We push and work toward that with every good work and every good word. Now, where do we get this from? We get this from the gospel itself. Paul says, hang on to the traditions. Hang on to the truth of the gospel that you have heard, whether I preached it to you or whether I wrote it to you. You know it to be true. 
this good news of the gospel, that God comes to us. We don't go to God. God comes to us. God rescues us. God calls us to be in relationship with him, shapes us to be in relationship with him, and then uses us in his kingdom mission. God has come to us in Christ Jesus, paid the price for our sins, and now lives that we may live in him, through him, and with him. And how do we know this? We know this, Paul says, because we are called to a salvation sanctification. Wow, you're called to sanctification, which is your salvation. What does he mean? One of the ways that we know that Jesus is keeping the big promise is that he keeps all of the little promises. Okay? I know Christ is faithful. Why? Because every day I'm aware that he is shaping me more into his likeness. I know that there are things that I used to do yesterday that I don't do today. There are things that I wanted yesterday that I don't want today. Why? Because ever so patiently, ever so slowly, but ever so thoroughly, Christ is continuing to craft me into his likeness. Now, you may be looking at me and going, well, sheesh, Mike, you've got a long way to go. Amen, I do. But you don't know where I started. If you had seen where I started, if you knew how much Christ has already done, then you would celebrate with me even as I thank God for his continual work in my life. That's the way I know. He's sanctifying me every day. It's a little reminder of this great truth of his love and his calling and his faithfulness to me. Uh, Jesse Turner was a member of First Baptist Church, Edgefield, South Carolina, where Jeannie and I served a bunch of years ago. Jesse had an amazing gift to do what needed to be done. Let me, let me give you an example. If something happened in your family, there was a death, a wedding, big event, Jesse would knock on your door and he would be standing there with his shoe shine kit. And he would say, bring me your shoes. And he would shine everybody's shoes. Kids, ladies, men, didn't matter. He would take care of everybody's shoes. I asked him about it one day and I said, why'd you do that? He said, you know, something like that happens. The last thing you think about is your shoes and you get to where you're going and your shoes look so bad. Let me tell you another story I heard about Jesse's shoes. While we were there, a friend of mine's wife died. He was devastated. He didn't know if he's going to be able to make it. And he's sitting at her graveside in that folding chair that the funeral home always brings. And he's got his head down and he's praying, Jesus, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to make it. And the friend told me later that as he's looking, he sees his shoes shining. Jesse had polished his shoes. And he said, the Lord whispered to me, I took care of your shoes. I'll take care of you. Little thing that gives us confidence of the big thing. 
Now let's you and me talk here just a minute, okay? It's the holidays. It's Christmas. Johnny Carson, the great comedian of, yes, uh, of a time gone by, said that Christmas is the one time a year we get together with family and remember why we only get together with them once a year. Some of us will face the biggest challenge we've had in 2020, and that's saying a lot in 2020, by having to be with family over the next few weeks. Paul writes that he is praying that Christ will give you strength and courage for every good work, every good word. And maybe for you, that good work, that good word is restoring broken family. It's loving somebody who hurt you. Forgiving a betrayal. Maybe it's walking across the street wishing the neighbor Merry Christmas. Some of the hard things we're being called to may not necessarily be big, big things. They will be challenging and impossible for us. But they may not be huge, but they will be where Jesus starts in your life. You're loved. Christ is molding you into the perfect fit that's joined with him, the cornerstone. The brothers and sisters love you, and now you're called. You're called to do something impossible because that's where God starts, is with impossible. Whatever he calls you to do, he will give you the courage and the hope that you need to do it so that everybody who sees you do it will celebrate the goodness and the greatness of our God. Let's pray together. What is before us is impossible. We're overwhelmed, we're outnumbered, we're surrounded, we're outgunned, we're outmanned. We don't have the resources it takes. So come, Lord Jesus, be our resource, be our help in time of trouble. With your presence, O oh Lord, answer our prayers that we may have the courage and hope for every good work, every good word. Amen. We would love to hear from you. We would love to, to know what's going on in your life. We'd love for you to be part of the family we call Brentwood Baptist Church. The easiest way to get hold of us right now is type connect to 623-623. Just connect to 623-623. And I promise you, we'll be in touch with you as soon as we can. We want to know more about who we are as a church, how you can fit in, type connect 623-623. Happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next time.